You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. This is Packernet After Dark, but sometimes I get confused. Welcome to the show. Glad you can join me. Um, we're going to mix some stuff up. First of all, if you're new here, you can call into the show anytime you want. 608-501-0718. We'll hang out. We'll have a good time. There are uh, There's one change and one rule. First is the rule. New callers go first. We do have a new caller, so we'll be starting with that. I'm also going to change uh, the way that I do stuff because it's a lot of calls. And the concern I always have is wanting to have the freshest content, but um, also not talk about super irrelevant things that, you know, whatever. Um, I think I said the same thing twice, but that doesn't matter. We're going to start with the newest calls and work our way backward. That way, you know, we'll, we'll cover all the freshest content. I don't want to leave anything in the dust, but I also don't want to spend this entire week trying to get caught up and being four days behind and all that kind of stuff. So that's what we're going to do. We'll see how she goes. Why don't we start off with uh, the first new caller? Click, 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 stalling, stalling, ready or not. Here we go. Hey, Ryan. It's Kuzi from Austin again. Just one more quick thing because... That's the wrong one. (laughs) See, I'm already messed up starting from the top going down. All right, let's try this one more time. He called in twice. We'll get to that in one second. Yeah, hi, Ryan. This is uh, Koozie from Wausau, first-time caller. Love it. So I figure I'll get in at the front of the show. Koozie from Wausau. Plus, there'll be one less call you'll have to take from Thomas, probably. <laughs> um, just a few random thoughts as I'm watching football today. Um, I think it's over for Tom Brady. Which okay. Is, yeah, okay. He had a long run. Um a lot of exciting games, not necessarily good games, but they were exciting games. Exactly. Um, and a couple of food things. Yes. If you ever have a pork shoulder mm-hmm. and you're thinking of making pulled pork, yep. try a pork carnitas. Oh, yes. Absolutely wonderful. Oh, yes. And you can use it for pork carnitas tacos, yep. pork carnitas burritos, pork carnitas enchiladas, pork carnitas quesadillas. Makes all kinds of good stuff. Yes, sir. And if you're doing mashed potatoes and you're not putting in a brick of cream cheese, you're doing Ooh. it wrong. Oh. So um, that's just a few of my random thoughts. Koozie. Going back to drinking my martini. Thanks. Bye. Come on now. Let's just slow down a little bit here, Koozie. It's your first call. you got to work up to putting cream cheese in your mashed potatoes. You get me all excited here. First of all, pork carnitas or pulled pork tacos are absolutely one of my favorites. Um when I was talking about how great brisket tacos are and, and how they might be my new favorite, they actually remind me a little bit of pork carnitas because of, you know, when you when you mix it in, there's obviously the, the, the pulled pork is somewhat dry meat. I mean, it's not, you know, super dry, but it's it's whatever. It is what it is. But there's also a good amount of fat, and you always kind of mix the fat. So you get, like, the, the little chunks of fat and then the, the dryish meat and everything else. So it's very similar to that as far as the brisket goes. The only thing I liked a little bit more about the brisket is that it's just got the the brisket itself has more flavor. 
just got a, a a more rich beef flavor that really comes through the tacos. But man, pork carnitas are are amazing. And I made so many pork shoulders over this past summer because that was like my big thing. Um, did you know? I actually just told my wife to get one. We were just going to put one in the crock pot just to be lazy because it's going to be like negative twenty five here in the next couple of days. But I've done sous vide pulled pork um, grill, you know, all the way through, or sous vide then grill. Always, always, always amazing. But then when you go do the tacos with the leftover meat, I get out the old flat top, and then I've got some um, just as some Mexican seasoning type stuff. It's actually barbecue, but it, it's it's got all the whatever it is, cumin or whatever you usually have in that fajita flavoring. And you mix that in with the the pulled pork, and you just kind of let it simmer, you know? Just let it baste in those flavors. Then, yeah, you get the corn tortillas, and oh, man. Oh, it's good. And then with pork, the thing I love about pork is you get the sweet heat. So I like, like, the, the green salsa and then, like, a, a sweet heat hot sauce. Oh, mm, 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 mm. And I have not done cream cheese in potatoes, but uh, that does sound like a winning combination, and I will be doing that. As far as Tom Brady, I'm glad you brought that up because I've been kind of saying things off the cuff a little bit without actually looking into it. Um, Let's look at Tom Brady really quick. I knew Tom Brady was struggling. I didn't realize he had such a bad last couple weeks. So he's had a bad season, more or less. Uh, 76 overall grade, which is his lowest since... Ooh, boy, his full season, basically his first full season in 2000. And, oh, that wouldn't be his first full season. They must have just not had this. Uh, I, I don't know when is the honest answer. It looks like about 2006 he had a 72.9 overall grade. So uh, that was a long time ago. He did have a really low grade in 2008, but it looks like he didn't really play then. Something happened, injury, I don't know. But uh, not only has he had a 76, but his highest, his best game all year was a 79. And and to be clear, he's been in the 90s almost every single year since 2015. He only had one year at a 79. So he has been elite, 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 and it just, like the Packers and everything else, just completely fell off. But only um, one game at 79, so zero games in the 80s or 90s. He's had just a handful of, I shouldn't say a handful of 70s, it's a, it's a hefty amount, but all like 70.0. So he had his 77 against Kansas City, then 71, 70, 70, 54, 72, then another 79, kind of close to 80, but not quite, and then 70, 73. The last two weeks, though, and and remember, this happened to Brett Favre. I mean, this was pre-PFF, so I couldn't give you definitive, like, visual representations of it. But I remember specifically toward the end of the season, he really started to fall apart. The cold weather, especially being in, in Green Bay, but the cold weather and just the longer season, but against San Francisco, he had a 61 overall grade, and then he had his worst game of the season against Cincinnati, 50.3. Um, he was 30 of 44, 321 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. But he has seven interceptions this year, four of them. Four of seven have come the last two weeks. So, uh, yeah, I uh, I think you're right. I, I knew Tampa was kind of picking it up, but maybe I kind of overstated that a little bit. I didn't realize how much Tom was struggling. I mean, listen, 321 and three touchdowns is a good day, but the two picks is certainly problematic. Um, but yeah, he's he is clearly having a down year, uh, one of his worst years of his very, very long career. Anyways, Kuzi, I don't know how you're going to top that first one, but let's try this again. Hey, Ryan, it's Kuzi from Austin again. Hey. Just one more quick thing, because since I hung up the phone, I saw the end of the Raiders and uh, yeah. Patriots game, and it just made me laugh. So you might want to try that, not try that lateral thing anymore on the last play of the game. It's funny because you called this in about um, 24 hours before Razul Douglas almost did the exact same thing. Um, also, I like your show, and you're one of the few shows that, well, you're actually probably the only show that actually uh, pay money for to listen to the podcast. But well, thank you. I felt kind of guilty doing it for free all the time, and Oh, that's so I decided to go on Patreon and give you some money because I think you're doing a good job. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that, man. I really do. A lot of people that are doing that. And uh, again, I. I, I'm always kind of surprised when people want to. I mean, it's not as much anymore, but I I know even to this day, it's uh, every once in a while somebody gives on Patreon. It's like, really? But I do appreciate that. All right, let's go all the way up to the top and. Oh, see, it's going to be a little tricky because I got to go to Dan's. Let's go to Dan's first call here. Hey Ryan, it's Dan from Indy. Hey. Um, 
So, yeah, going over last game or last night's game, like, I, I, I could care less that we won and everything like that. But the thing that I'm just so jacked about is the rookie. Yes. I mean, like, we had, con- like, not just contributions last night, but, I mean, major contributions from six, six rookies. We had Watson do- killing it. We had Romeo Dobbs killing it. Devontae Wyatt was making splash plays. And Barre, he had a second and almost interception on a, the same three and out. And <laughs> yeah, then right. Zach Tom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. He is looking so good. You, you know, well, I'll let you finish. You're but, I, I mean, I'm just so jacked. Six. Six major contributing rookies in that game. Like, oh, I'm so excited for next year. But, all right, man. Go back, go. See ya. You know what the only real negative about all this is? If any one of these guys existed by themselves, we'd be super excited about them. Can you imagine if, let's just say some of the other rookies weren't quite doing what they were doing. Let's pretend that Christian, there was no Christian Watson, there was no Romeo Dobbs. Um, you know, all the other rookies doing whatever they're doing. Let's just isolate Zach Tom. Do you know how much we would never shut up about the guy if that was if that was our biggest hit of the draft? Not that that would be a good thing, but I'm just saying. Let's just pretend. If it was just Zach Tom, a fourth-round rookie uh, tackle that a lot of people thought would have to play guard for whatever stupid reason, I don't know why, um, that is a starting left tackle year one as a rookie, and that is looking quite good. He's not David Bakhtiari, but almost nobody is. As a rookie... He is a capable, quality tackle on the level of, if not better than, Yash Nyman already is. That is unbelievable by itself. Then you got fifth-round pick Kingsley and Igbari stepping in because uh, Rashawn went out. I mean, he was in before that too, but stepping up to the plate. Is he Rashawn? Absolutely not. Will he ever be Rashawn? I would be stunned if he ever got a whiff of the talent of uh, the 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 whatever you want to call it. Obviously, he can't be that talented, but the ability and, and the, the playmaking ability of, of Rashawn. But the fact that a fifth-round pick is playing that well is remarkable, but we don't talk about it. I mean, the, Quay today flew under the radar because we're enamored with Dobbs and, and even talking about Watson. And, you know, we, we, we kind of just spread out the love with Wyatt and everybody else. If it was just Wyatt, and granted, we wouldn't be super stoked because he's a first-round pick, but we'd, be, we'd still be pretty excited about his contribution. If we didn't have all these other guys to lean on, the screams to, I mean, if he was the only first-round pick, and again, there was no Watson, and let's say, you know, it's him and, and Enigbare or whatever, the, the screams to get him more plays would be, just be deafening. But we, we, we manage because, yeah, we got Quay, we got Watson, we got Dobbs, we got Tom, we got Kingsley, we got Samori Ture. We, we've got so many guys doing so many freaking things that we, nobody gets the credit they deserve, with the exception maybe of Christian Watson because he's, he's so remarkable. But even that, I mean, some of that love is even being spread out. I mean, Dobbs, like, you know, maybe, maybe Dobbs gets more snap, blah, blah, blah. It is um it is a draft class to behold man and and I'll tell you what I've I've said before there have been teams that have been built on just that one good year and we we never really had that I remember Seattle their entire franchise in the Schneider era was built on that one draft class the one that had uh, I don't even know who but I mean hall of famers like three or four of them in one class you had uh, other teams I, I'm forgetting right now I, I haven't talked about it in a while but I had a couple in the back of my mind but there, there are teams that just explode out of nowhere because of this one draft class in which you just get a bunch of big star contributors. And in the case of Seattle, everything just goes downhill from there, and it's a slow bleed because they have so much talent. But um, it is an unbelievably big boost to get that one year. And I've been begging for it. I've been wanting it because I, I don't remember a time when the Packers have ever had a draft class like this, ever, 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 ever. If you get two solid, I mean, if you get like, not even a Christian Watson, I can't remember a time ever that we've had anybody with this much potential as a, as a first year guy. Now it sucks because we didn't see him. So total, you know, if you look at his total stats, nobody's probably going to be super blown away by it. Although he's already probably broken a bunch of records, but can you think of a single draft class that's even close to this? 
Quay, Wyatt, Dobbs, Watson, Tom, Kingsley, and the value based on the round. I have no expectations of a fifth-round pass. Pass rusher is one of those things you get in the first round or you don't bother to get at all. Maybe you can get a guy that's a, a, a second round that can explode or maybe over a couple of years develop into a quality. You don't get a fifth-round pass rusher. You just don't. It's like quarterback. It just it doesn't happen. You know, you, you don't get a tackle outside of the first round unless you're the Packers. The Packers get this one free card where they're able to find fifth, fourth, third, well, not third, fourth and fifth round sixth round even, in, in John Runyon's case, offensive lineman that can contribute. But outside of Green Bay, you don't find fourth-round guys that can play tackle, especially as rookies. That doesn't happen. And this is just year one. Everybody knows that you know you, you expect to jump in year two, and, and you don't expect anybody to reach their potential until year three. What the heck is Devontae Wyatt going to be in a couple years? What is Quay Walker's potential going to be? What are Watson and Dobbs going to be? Heck, why, why should I give up on Sean Ryan? Who's to say he doesn't step? I mean, I know he's a third-round pick, so we just assume he's cursed and he'll never play, but who's to say he doesn't develop into a road-grading freak of a right guard? Who's to say Zach Tom doesn't become David Bakhtiari light in a couple, two, three years? It's a a pretty similar course to what David Bakhtiari, he was a fourth-round pick that some people kind of underestimate. You know, he's a little undersized, arms aren't long enough, blah, blah, blah. And, uh... Who was it, Balaga that got hurt? Or somebody got hurt and he slid, slid into left tackle and just they never they just never gave that spot away to anybody else after that. Remarkable, remarkable, remarkable draft class. Dan again. I got a little ahead of myself. But also Quay Walker. Yes. Like let that dude fly. Let that dude do what yep. he needs to do. Let Devon let Devondre Campbell do all the thinking. Let Quay feed. All right. That's all. Bye. I think we need a lot more of that. And I, I understand the risk. And I know it's easy for me to sit in my, my chair with no real consequences saying let guys just fly around the field. But I just think we're leaving too much on the field. Uh, we, we've, got, we've got speed for days. Brian Gutekunst goes out and gets speed and aggression and all this stuff. And we don't use it because Joe Barry wants us to be intelligent and cautious. You know, just slow down think you know then they won't say that no we want them to fly to the ball we want them to but but you don't you want them to to be slow and react but again my my biggest thing and I understand it you know if they run a fake or something you want to make sure that you can react and you don't want to let people get past you and all that stuff if you're a linebacker but um how how good did that look to see him just crash down into the backfield and make a play it was beautiful and we haven't seen it all year and again, a guy like Devontae Wyatt, why can't you cut him loose? Well, he's not really up to speed, and it's a complicated... I don't care. I don't care. You're telling me you can't put him out there on, on like a third and long and just cut him loose? Why? Why? Because you have to have Jaron Reed out there? You have to have Dean Lowry out there? No, you don't. No, you don't. Right, listen, if, if I understand in certain situations you got to be cautious, but if it's third and 15 and all you're doing is pinning your ears back and going to get in the quarterback... Let me tell you something. If it's a screen, big freaking deal. That's the linebacker's problem. That's the safeties and the corners and everybody else. Cut the man loose and let him play. Just cut him loose. We've, we've got freak athletes all over the place. And if that's not how you want to play, then we shouldn't be drafting that way. But the point is we are, and it's working. The speed is working to our advantage when they actually cut it loose. So I'm, I'm with you, man. Quay is, is, a, is a great athlete. He's a great football player. And... Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see that guy just cut it loose. Hey Ryan, it's Andy from Kansas. Hey. I'm curious with this upcoming game against the Dolphins, uh what would uh what would a halftime score be uh for LaFleur to pull Rodgers and put Jordan Love in? Cuz I'm <laughs> I'm assuming that since half-time. they're still in the playoff hunt, they're going to do I would hope whatever they can to actually make the playoffs, but seems that that's the way the coaching staff and the front office would, would like it. Um, if the score from last night's Rams game was reversed, you know, 10-6 if they were losing at halftime by that score, and the offense, like the Rams offense, was not really going anywhere, uh, would that be enough no. for LeFleur to make the switch? Um, I remember Mike McCarthy saying that in the 2007 NFC Championship game against the Giants when Favre was playing terribly and it looked like he didn't even want to be out there. Uh, he said afterwards he was seriously contemplating 
benching far for Rodgers at halftime of that game, but he was too, let's just say, scared uh, to do so. Right. So I'm curious if you think that that would ever ever come to a to a head and then have that actually happen during that game. I know it would also depend on how the defense is playing, but offensively, um, do you see maybe if it would. Anyway, bye. No, I don't think there's any score at halftime. Um, and if there ever was one, the Vikings just took away that excuse if they ever wanted to do that. Um, I mean, it could be 33-0. to zero. Oh, well, man. You know, we always want to win. That's the whole mantra. I don't really think, until you get to maybe the fourth quarter, you know, if if, if we're getting beat by 20 or so and, and we just can't do anything or, or more than that or whatever, or halfway through the fourth quarter, then you would put in Jordan. I don't think at halftime there's really a score. Um, I mean, I, I guess theoretically you could, well, what if it was 56 to zero? Okay, fine. Yeah, I guess there's some super unrealistic score that could, that could happen. I, I just, I wouldn't be shooting for halftime. Um, if things get wildly out of control, yeah, you it, not even because of the situational uh, whatever. It's just, it's a blowout. And when it's a blowout, eventually the, the starter comes out and the, the backup comes in. But ultimately, they're, they're not going to be looking to make a switch unless and until we lose. And uh, if we lose, then it's a matter of, of a couple other teams like Seattle or Washington or something winning, and then we're officially eliminated. And then at that point, we'll probably see Jordan Love. I don't know, but that would be my assumption. But yeah, I wouldn't, be, uh, wouldn't necessarily be shooting for halftime, I guess. But who knows? Hey, what a game. What a game. Woo! I couldn't have asked for a better birthday present other than maybe watching scoring a couple times, but yeah, man. Oh well, Dobbs looked pretty good coming back. I think uh, that chemistry will only get better between him and Watson on the field. And all I can say is, defensive coordinators, watch out. Speaking of defensive coordinators, what's up with this aggressive defense that flashed plays last night? It's like <laughs> it's like Quay Walker was shot out of a cannon or something. Right. And it's like where has this been all season? It just it just makes me think of just how incompetent these guard these guys are at adjusting and making improvements to this team. And speaking of incompetence and making decisions, Nixon, I mean, good grief, how could they not have been playing this guy sooner? Yeah, right. I mean, the the position of where they were getting the ball to start for field position was insane. And it's unfortunate the refs again again had to mess up and mess up and mess up play calls and plays that they called it was unbelievable. I'm not even going to go into it because it's just infuriating watching how they influence games uh, with just blown uh, blown uh, penalties. Anyways, it's my birthday, so I'm uh, I'm going to check out. Uh, have a good one, Ryan. Happy birthday, Garrett. Yeah, no, I'm. Uh... Yeah, I'm I'm unbelievably excited about Keyshawn Nixon. I don't think I'm I'm don't think anybody's as excited as Aaron Rodgers is. Uh, that guy cannot stop talking about Keyshawn Nixon, which is awesome. I've I've never seen. Let me let me make that let me broaden that. I've never seen Rodgers more excited about any other player ever. That's not to say this is his favorite player, but when has he ever just never been able to shut up about a guy <laughs> ever? I, I mentioned uh, it might be tomorrow's podcast, but. Three times in the last 24 hours, completely unprompted, he talks about Keyshawn Nixon. I think twice in his uh, um, post-game press conference, and then the very first question about what do you think about that game on Pat McAfee, his answer, he kind of, you know, blah, 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 we expect that, and, you know, that's, that's what we want from ourselves, and then launches into Keyshawn Nixon. I can't believe, I've never seen anything like this in my entire time here in Green Bay. It, it it really is special, and and it really just goes to show how important special teams is, and it drives me nuts that we don't care more about it. But uh, yes, the penalties are unbelievably annoying, and it's really it's not even just a because it happened to the pack. I don't want bad calls against the Vikings. I don't want bad calls against the Bears or the Lions. I don't want bad calls because it means bad football. It means dumb excuses. It means all kinds of stupid stuff. I just want football to be football, and I want the refs to be as as. Involved as little as possible, and I think that should be an emphasis for refs. Your job is not to interfere 
every single time you think you need to interfere, every single time you think that something might have happened. Your job is to stay out of the game as much as is humanly possible unless you see something blatant. It's not a judgment call on every single play. Well, do you think, well, maybe, kind of, no. If you see something blatant, throw the flag. If you don't, and, and by blatant, I don't just mean anything, but I'm talking about it blatantly affected the outcome of the play. That was my biggest thing with the Keyshawn. You know, of course, by the letter of the law, it was a hold. Now, granted, it wasn't much of a hold. He grabbed his shoulder pad, but the, the defender turned his body and he ripped right through the hold. So it's not like he couldn't turn his body. He was able to pull right through the, the little uh, hooking of the shoulder. Uh, but beyond that, he was too far away from the play to have made a tackle anyway, so it doesn't matter. It's very similar to pass interference. That isn't called pass interference if the ball sails too far over their head. Why can't we use that level of rationale on any other penalties? Yes, it was technically a penalty, but it didn't impact the play, so let's leave it alone. Uh, also, by the way, really annoyed with these underthrown balls that end up getting called pass interference. I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. If, you wanna, if, if the Packers want to change the rule, they should run that at least once, twice, three times a game. Christian Watson gets, gets ahead of somebody, just underthrow the ball. I mean, let's just say there's a safety, because obviously if he gets behind somebody, you just throw it to him. But let's just say. Let's just say maybe there's, there's a safety over the top, so it's not going to work. It's, it's the same thing as a back shoulder, but we don't even have to risk you not catching it. Just turn around, plant your feet, and stop, and let the defender run right through you. I mean, you could do it 10 times a game. If there's a defender near you, all you have to do, Rodgers just has to throw the ball in that direction, try to hit the defender right in the back of his head, and all you have to do is stop and plant your feet and let the guy run into you and then throw your hands up like, whoa, 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 he pushed me over. What's going on here? It's a stupid rule. If it's an underthrown ball, you don't throw pass interference. I'm sorry. It's a crap ball. You don't want that to happen, throw a better ball. It's just stupid. I don't like that penalty. Sometimes we just got to use a little bit of common sense here. Well, technically it's a penalty. Well, technically I don't care. We're so wrapped up in like what's, what is... What are the rules and you broke the rules? It's not about the rules. It's about playing football. And unless somebody cheats in a way that gives them a benefit that they shouldn't be allowed to have, don't worry about it. It was a bad ball, so leave it alone. Well, he grabbed his shoulder. Could he have made a tackle? Well, no, but he still grabbed his shoulder, which is against the rules. Doesn't impact the play? Leave it alone. Stupid. Leave it alone. (sighs) Anyways, Garrett, you got something else? Ryan, did you happen to notice in the second half uh, one of the stats that they highlighted for Rodgers um, for his passing when it comes to uh, throwing to rookies? And apparently he has passed his uh, all-time mark for, I guess, yards and touchdowns to rookies this season. Um, now, obviously, they got two guys of played a substantial amount of time, and that's not a normal thing uh, considering the precedent that they have set since he's come into the league. But uh, it is impressive. I hope that shows them that rookies can contribute given the chance, and uh, I'm glad that these two guys have been given the opportunity to show what they can do. Um, And clearly, I guess they thought they'd seen enough of uh, Watkins to uh, do that. So uh, let's hope to see more highlights the rest of the season. But I thought you might want to maybe discuss that a little bit further. Have a good one. You could have told me that he tripled the number of yards and touchdowns to rookies, not have believed you. (laughs) When was the last time we had a rookie in here that Rodgers threw to more than like twice? I don't remember hardly anything um, ever. So, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, Now, to be clear as much as just we should be using rookies more, I I think that it's partially to do with the quality. In other words, I don't think we could have just thrown at Amari Rodgers more and he'd have been Christian Watson. I think the guys are where they are because they're good football players. But yeah, it, it, is, it is an awesome statistic for one reason or another. Uh, why don't we take a break right here? We'll come back and uh, talk with Trevor. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so. Uh, Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. If you'd like to learn more about what they do and support their cause, please check out FertileGroundRanch.org. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. 
So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, Ryan. Um, so I don't know why, but I absolutely hate myself when okay. I hear you play a call, and I'm like, oh, God, that's exactly what I said, even though I obviously have no idea what the call you haven't played today. And then I'm like, my call's going to be like two calls later. And Ryan's going to feel like he has to address it because I took the time to call it, but... Next time, you should be like, Trevor, you stupid idiot. Aren't you listening? I just addressed this. You said that stupid. Next caller. And just Pay attention. That's fine. Um, on to the game. I think this is the team I expected to see from us all year. The offense is good. Still, you know, pickups with turnovers and whatnot. Um, but the defense playing very good and, you know, getting takeaways. And, um, yeah, I don't know, run game. I just think this is more of the team I expected all year, and we look pretty good. I'm very excited for the Watson-Dobbs duo. Um, you know, neither of them blew up the stat chart, but um, Watson would have had another touchdown if Ramsey didn't trip him. Um, you can't tell me that Peter just got tangled. Ramsey was trying to trip him on purpose with his feet. You can tell. Um, but regardless, uh, the one play that I thought was interesting, when we were pretty much – we had it one, we had like the second and three. You know, we'd get a first down at the one-yard line to end the game. Um, and Rogers was doing one of the signals that we've been talking about. He was like rubbing his elbow and they showed in the replay. He's staring at Watson and Watson is clearly not looking at him. Watson's staring straight ahead up the field. Rogers kind of gets this look like he knows Watson wasn't looking at him and he threw the ball anyway to what the check was. Um, and I don't know if it was just, he saw it as a teaching moment, I think, because like after that, he was like smiling in the huddle with Watson back on the helmet. Like, Hey, you gotta, you gotta look for that check. But it's like, I get the game's almost won, but you're going to sacrifice the play for to prove a point? I don't know. To me, it was like, hey, you could talk about them and what that after the game without having to throw the ball incomplete for no reason. But anyway, hope Dylan doesn't actually have a concussion. I haven't heard yet if he does or not. But uh, good game. Hopefully we can keep it going on Christmas Day. Go back, go. I uh, I didn't notice that. I'm trying to... Go back and watch the video. I didn't notice. It's hard to tell. I mean, I saw the one overhead view of it. Um, it looks like Watson definitely not looking at Rodgers, unless it's kind of out of the corner of his eye because his head is geared more toward, like, the safety linebacker area. But anyways, I have not uh, I have not heard that before as a as a take. I didn't hear it from Rodgers or Watson either in terms of, hey, I wasn't, I wasn't looking. My bad. Uh, that was one other thing. Quay Walker. Feel like he's coming on, feel like he's flying all over the field. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But um you know, it's hard to it's hard to judge it when you just watch the game live and then go back and think. But I heard his name a lot. He was making big plays. I feel like he was flying around the way we expect him to instead of playing back and waiting for the runners to come to him. Um and then the only thing was what in the hell? I apologize. That was that was you can believe me. Um but what was Rizzo Douglas thinking? The pitch, I mean, not necessarily a bad idea right at the gate, no, but then you're going down, you're like flip to the side, you're trying to flip it. E- even if he wasn't going down, why pitch it? You're going to send it 10 yards back, and what happened to those guys? Because they did pick it up. What happened? We just lost 10 yards. There's no reason to pitch that. We just lost yards is all that was. It's ridiculous. We don't need a touchdown. 
the the change of possession is good enough. It's 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 just stupid. And for Rizul to be like, well, that's just how I play. No. And if I'm the coach of the team, whether that's head coach, defensive coordinator, whatever, that's not how you play anymore. You don't freaking do that. That's stupid. It's stupid. They were talking like he was trying to flip it to whoever ended up picking up the ball. I forget who that was. Anybody or something, but um, he was definitely trying to flip it to Jair, who was right beside him, and like just completely missed and almost, you know, gave it right back to him after a pick. Um, and also, kudos to him on the pick, but Baker got hit as he threw that ball. And- well, and that's the thing with Razul, too. First of all, he hasn't been playing very well. From what I can tell on that pick, he was way out of position, and that looked like a wide open receiver. And Razul picked it because he was out of position and the ball was way short, obviously because his arm got hit by Kenny, I think. So I even said that on the live stream. Like, I'm having a hard time giving you any credit for this, dude, because you left the receiver wide open. You caught an interception only because the ball was tipped. And then rather than just accepting the interception and going down, you almost give the ball back. So I can't help but feel like you're in the negative on this one overall, but I, whatever. And I feel like if he hadn't, the guy was open because Rizzo was not getting deep enough. Right. And it was going to be another first down on a third and long. I'm, I, I'm not trying to be negative, but I hate when we have third and 10 plus because I just know we're going to let them pick it up yep. every time. Every time. Third and 10, third and 17, third and, it could be third and 42, and I'd be convinced that they're going to convert because we're that bad on third and long. I don't understand it. Um, but yeah. Go back, go. Yeah, I think it's just a philosophy, and I remember that was a big thing with Dom Capers. You, you just kind of take your foot off the gas, right? Because it's just don't give up the big play. No, keep doing what you're doing. It's been working. Well, you know, we're just going to rush four, and we're going to play soft, and we're going to trust guys to be assignment sure and all that stuff. If you just rush four and you give them comfortability in the pocket, somebody's going to find a spot in the zone. They're going to throw it to them. It's going to be completed, and they're going to get a first down. That cannot be your philosophy, Maybe if you've got some premier pass rushers, maybe if Rashawn's there or something, fine. You can hope that he and Preston and, and Kenny combine for enough pressure to kind of mess this whole thing up. But if you don't have that, you can't just sit back and expect good things to happen. That's not a plan. That's being safe and being lazy. Chris from Alabama, man. Hey, what's great up? Great game tonight. That was a great game tonight, man. Man, I wish, uh, I wish Christian Watson would have would have caught that hand, you know, that probably would have been a been a touchdown. He actually had two opportunities for a touchdown. Yep. He couldn't get it in there. But nevertheless, we won the game all around for the most most part of the game. Solid on both sides of the ball. That was actually an impressive win. I know it was the round that kind of depleted, but I mean, it wasn't no squeaker. Well, and that's the other thing. Everyone's, oh, wow, you beat the Rams. Big deal. I've been watching these YouTube videos trying to prepare for uh, not tomorrow's. That's already done, but maybe the next day's podcast or whatever. And some of these idiots drive me absolutely nuts, man. They, they're constantly, well, the, the, oh, wow, you beat the Bears and the Rams. Nobody cares. They didn't just beat the Rams, okay? And, and by the way, oh, you, 12 points is not that big of a deal. It's the biggest win of the entire week. And, and if we're going to say, well, you, you beat a bad team, whoop de doo okay, go talk to me about the Vikings. Talk to me about the Eagles, who barely beat the Chicago Bears. Talk to me about that. Talk to me about the Cowboys, who lost to the Jaguars. It's, it's ridiculous. Because in reality, not only did they have the biggest victory over the Rams, who, yeah, are a depleted team, just like 90% of the NFL right now. Nobody knows what they're doing. Everybody sucks at football. Not only that, but the score should have been a lot higher. The Packers were in control of that game for four quarters. They had the better special teams, the better offense, and the better defense, and they didn't capitalize on some situations. There was a miscommunication that led to an interception. There was a penalty that didn't get called that led to a field goal instead of a touchdown. I mean, there were some mistakes that were made, but the Packers' offense dominated the Rams' defense the entire game. The defense, for the most part, was, was shutting down the Rams' offense, and our special teams was just dominant. So, you know, you know they can talk about, well, and, and that was the other narrative is it wasn't even an exciting game. We're not even going to pull any highlights. It wasn't interesting. It wasn't exciting. Okay, maybe there wasn't a 50-yard pass, but to pretend like the Packers looked like garbage is silly. 
They were in control for four quarters. It was one of the more complete games of the entire season. I'm sorry you didn't get your 50-yard pass highlight or the Christian Watson 40-yard run for a touchdown, but who cares? And I'm not going to sit here and, and, and pretend like it was the greatest win of all time, but it, it's, it's also, you can't just say, well, it's the Rams, so it doesn't matter. Yes, it does. If it's the Rams and you lose, that sucks. If it's the Rams and it's close, that sucks. If it's the Rams and you're just a much better, you demonstrate that you're just a much better team than them, that does mean something, right? I mean, the Vikings can't even prove that they're better than the Colts. We prove that we are significantly better than the Rams. It's like, well, it's the Rams. It doesn't matter. Of course it does. Of course it does. The question is demonstrating that you're significantly better than bad teams than the Packers did. Beat them by 12 points. That's what you expect from a good team. You don't expect that from a bad team. How do you go on saying, well, the Packers are bad because it's the Rams? What does a bad team do against the Rams? Do they even win? I don't know. It's just stupid. It's laziness. It drives me nuts. Actually, a pretty much, I ain't going to say dominating win, but it was a good-looking win. Good-looking yep. win. Good-looking win. Uh, Miami next week. Miami ain't been looking like they self, so, so you never know. So we got to tighten up some stuff going against them guys. It's another thing they keep saying is they're not going to win next week. They're not going to beat Miami. I'm going to pull so many receipts. They better pray that the Packers lose next week because it's just, it's just, it's freaking disrespectful is what it is. Miami's not even good. I don't know what to tell you, but oh, there's no way they, they can't beat Miami. Okay. 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 I know there's going to be a whole lot better team than what we face tonight, but I mean, you know, they going to go look at the tape, make the adjustment they need to make, get ready for them. But as for tonight, we got the win, back-to-back wins. That's like they said for the first time since week three and four. That's crazy. That's a long time. But, hey, we're on the right track. Romeo looked nice. You know what I'm saying? On his return. And I can see a couple of plays there that Romeo got open on a couple of his receptions. I noticed that they had both of them balls on the, on the same side. <laughs> it seemed like the old safety was trying to cheat a little, cheat back a little bit too far. They kind of opened it up, Romeo to come, come underneath and and make those catches. That that could be something to look for for the rest of the season and going into next year. I think that's going that that's going to be a real nice combo. Them two guys right there are going to be a real nice combo. You got the deep threat and your intermediate possession of receiver, man. And this thing looking up on the up, man. Uh, it's a good win. Go ahead and, and 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 celebrate this one. Get ready for the one next week and see what we can do, man. Go pack, go, man. Awesome win. Let me, let me just say this. Jacob Morley posted this on Twitter. Aaron Rodgers was 7 for 7 for 91 yards and a touchdown when Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson were on the field together. Dobbs was only on the field 10 times. That's it. I don't know how many times of that 10 Christian was out there. Let's just assume it was every single time. That's still 7 for 7 for 91 yards and a touchdown on those plays. But those might have only been the other seven. I mean, he he didn't throw an incompletion. So it was either that the other three were run plays or the other three Christian wasn't out there. But either way, it was perfect. Here's the other part of that. Do you know how many games we've had Christian and Dobbs play as like starters in a game? One, and it was week one. That's it. Christian Watson uh, ran 29 routes, Romeo 25, which is low for both of them. But that's still the only time they both had significant roles in our offense, and it was week one. Romeo Dobbs had a significant role uh, weeks three, four, and if, if you count it at 30, then it's the answer is zero. But Romeo Dobbs weeks three, four, five, six, seven, and eight was Romeo Dobbs. Christian Watson was uh, 11, 12, 13, and then 15. And no, this pass game also doesn't count because Romeo Dobbs only ran 10 routes. We have not seen them play significant snaps, arguably ever this year, but 
at, at least in, since week one, when clearly neither of these guys was in there. Well, maybe Dobbs, but Christian was not in his full stride, and Dobbs was not even quite to where he needs to be. We've not seen current-day Romeo Dobbs and current-day Christian Watson on the field for significant portions of the game at all this year. So yeah, I want to see bare minimum 30 routes from Watson, 30 routes from Dobbs in a game. But yeah, if you don't run a lot of offensive plays, that could be a problem, but that 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 seems to be the bare minimum. They need to be doing it. And if that means you cut a little bit from uh from Lazard, then I guess that's what we're going to do. That needs to be a much more significant part of the offense. 7 for 7 for 91 yards and a touchdown. Which also would mean he's what 15 for 15 of 23. 138 yards and a pick when those two were not on the field together. 139. That's a big difference, man. It's a big difference. So the Rams get the Lions pick. I think the Packers should lose. I mean, yeah, it's going to be a good pick. Goodly diddly again. I hope Tom calls at least once. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. The Lions get the... Uh... Lions get the Rams pick, so we actually helped the Lions. The Lions, Lions fans must have been rooting for us a little bit. Maybe some of them because they just can't stomach it, didn't. But they should have been because we just got them a higher pick, so that does, in fact, suck. Squidly Diddly again. Hey, Squidly. I'm thinking uh, Dave Farmer's really saving the commercials for uh, for Aaron Rodgers for the Packers game. Otherwise, I would never see him. But anyways, yeah. That's true, but I, I don't really watch much television so i wouldn't really know but yeah i don't i don't see much error i was a little surprised i didn't really watch the commercial but i noticed it um seems like they got rogers doing a little bit more actual acting in the newer ones like there were there was something like with two rogers or whatever but usually rogers just plays himself and he's like a he's like the one rational guy on screen while everyone else is crazy like the hey rogers guy from back in the day and rogers job is to just kind of stand there and shake his head like mm. Crazy guy. Boy, oh boy. Or to give him like one really minor line. Now he's like actually doing stuff. I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm just saying words at this point. Nico, what's going on? So we're in the uh, second half. Packers. Second. So we've rewound now to in-game. Our first drive. Uh, Watson just had a second catch. And he, he's the only Packer with yellow shoes. Hmm. I've kind of noticed this the last few weeks. I haven't said nothing. And I just, like, he's the only one with the yellow shoes. So I'm okay with that. Because it, but it's just weird that he's the only back with the yellow shoes, which maybe we should call him Yellow Shoes Watson. I don't know. <laughs> had a couple beers. Had a couple other drinks. So my brain's just going haywire. But, uh, yeah, Yellow Shoes Watson, my new nickname. Thank you. Bye, 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 bye. Um... I think we're still struggling to come up with a nickname. It's my honest uh, assessment of the situation so far. But look, the great news about being in a free-ish country is that you can call him whatever you want. And if you want to call him Yellow Shoe Watson, you have the freedom to do exactly that. It's, it's squidly diddly. Hey, man. What's with Dobbs falling down after he makes the catch? <laughs> you afraid to get hit or what? Come on. All right, that's all I got right now. Bye. That's his signature move, man. He tries to make a cut, and he just cuts himself right out of his shoes. He is constantly sliding. You would think he's on ice out there, he's sliding around constantly. I mean, I'm not going to get mad at him. He had a good day, but Rogers, Rogers will not let that go. As much as if there's anything he talks about, as much as he talks about uh, Keyshawn Nixon, it's the fact that Dobbs kept falling down and not getting yards after the catch. I guess that's a big thing for Rogers because he was really annoyed by that. Going on, Ryan Chris from Alabama, man. Hey. Uh, halftime. Uh, kind of, kind of, kind of okay first half. Okay first half. Moving the ball on the ground pretty good. Uh, you know, passing. Uh, kind of couple miscues. I don't know what was going on with the uh the interception there. Uh, a little miscommunication. I don't know if Lazar was supposed to kept going or what was going on on that, but. And pretty good first half. I think we left uh, some points on the board. Uh, first drive, that that definitely was 
at, at minimum holding on Ramsey, but didn't get called, so oh well, whatever, whatever with that. Uh, pretty good, pretty good first half. I'm actually, I even when I seen Romeo came out two, two catches off the, out the bat. You no, know, they ain't really went back to him since then. Uh, hopefully he'll get involved a little bit more in the uh, second half. But after like what I'm seeing from him, he looks he looks completely healthy to me. Doesn't look like the uh, the ankles bothering him none. Yeah. So yeah, man. Uh, I'm I'm alright. I'm not I'm not upset. I'm not aggravated. That there's a couple of a couple of plays that was like, all right, guys, let's get it together. Defense for the most part playing pretty good. They gave up a couple of third and longs and you yep. clean that up in the second half but hey man it is what it is man uh second half we get the ball first let's see what happens hopefully we can do something with it because thing like all season when we get the ball in the second half we don't do nothing but go three and out and then the defense give up points hopefully that don't happen tonight but we shall see man go pack go yeah the good news is that's a, that's a pretty good summary of the game overall so it didn't really get any worse um and yeah, that Lazard thing, I mean, again, Lazard took the blame for it, and Rodgers seems to want to blame Lazard on it too. I, I I can't help but feel like if that's what's supposed to happen, in other words, what was supposed to happen is Rodgers is supposed to throw it right to the safety and Lazard is supposed to just keep running and try to catch a 50-50 ball. I feel like that's a bad thing that the offense wants them to do. I think the right thing should be to throw to the open part of the field. But according to Lazard and Rodgers, that's not what they're supposed to do. He's supposed to just keep running right into the safety and whatever. Um, but whatever. I mean, bottom line is it's a miscommunication. So that's kind of been a problem. I mean, you, 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 you're okay accepting that from a rookie, you know, like the, the hand signal thing with Watson. But when it happens to Lazard, it's kind of like, come on, man. I mean, you it's like I mentioned, I don't know if it was today's or tomorrow's or what, but Lazard is is losing the ability to convince me that he really brings something unique to the table. Um, even on Pat McAfee's show when Rodgers was talking about, you know, Watson has the explosion and and Dobbs, you know, he's uh, he's the the crisp route runner and and you know Randall is is so clutch and and all that stuff and and he says and Lazard does does everything well. And I think that's true. He does everything that you want him to do for the most part, but he doesn't really do it as well as anybody else, right? He's sort of like the second or third best at each of these different categories, but he's not the best at anything. And when you're losing the ability to be clutch as a veteran, like understanding what you're supposed to do, that sucks. When you start having drops, that's a problem. And then, you know, the biggest thing is just the lack of production. I mean, you're out there more than anybody else on the field and you're getting less targets and less receptions than everybody else, including Romeo Dobbs, who is five for five for 55 yards, and he played a third of the amount of snaps that you played, and you had one reception for like seven yards. Can't have that. Hey, Ryan, it's Jimmy. Um, it's halftime. I'm sure you're getting a bunch of calls right now. If not, I'm glad I'm calling, so you got some company. Um, Thanks. If they refer to a miscommunication between Rogers and Lazard one more time, <laughs> I'm going to eat my Packer helmet. It, it doesn't matter. He was overthrown by a mile. And I'm really getting tired of uh, Rogers never getting blamed for anything and the receiver always taking the hit. Uh, that said, enjoying this game. Feeling pretty good about things. I just want Rogers to pull the trigger. I'll say that a little slower one more time. I just want Rogers to pull the trigger. Um, that's that's the one element that I think is still missing. Is uh, I mean, right at the end of the half, there and running around and running around and running around, right. just throw the ball. Right. Um, you know, and uh, uh, I think if he can uh, get that back, then uh, we'll be okay. Hey, go back to. Yeah, I remember saying that too at the end of the half. He had the ability to throw it, but he keeps thinking I can escape. Like I see somebody coming, I'm going to try to escape and then plant my feet and throw it. Well, eventually you're going to get caught, dude. Bottom line, if you have a, a, a moment to plant your feet and throw, and he did probably twice, just do it. Just do it. It's, it's, a, it's a Hail Mary. It's a 50-50 ball. Just throw it up and see what happens. Get it to the end zone. But... um. 
Yeah, and 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 I'll be probably tomorrow looking back and and trying to review some of the uh, some of the game and seeing if that was an issue. There was a lot of Aaron Rodgers standing there with a lot of time and and not really throwing it, which is the second week that that's happened now with you know against Chicago. It was all oh, man. Chicago shut down the Packers. I went back and looked at it. That almost never happened. I think I said there were one or two times where Rodgers didn't really have anywhere to go. Usually it's either he didn't pull the trigger, he didn't see it, something happened, and it just, you know, it wasn't the receivers not getting open, they were. And it happened a little bit, not as much, but a little bit in this game too. And right early in the game it happened, and they even showed a replay, and they're like, Christian Watson's wide open. He's just standing there. So I don't know, but I have a feeling it's going to be an issue again. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes uh, going back and look at it. I don't think Rodgers played terribly, but again, it's it's just another one of those sort of average performances that I would assume an, a, a slightly above average quarterback can play that doesn't give you that you have to play. You know, that, that was uh, Colin Coward did a video. I, I was mentioning going through these videos and everybody's annoying me. His thing is, you know, it's over. Packers are done. It's over. When you guys lose Rodgers, everything's done. He is a Hall of Fame, great elite quarterback. You're never going to find anyone like him. Love is not going to be it. You're not going to find this guy in the draft. Your whole season's over. Your team is over. Your whole life is over. So you have to just give Rodgers whatever he wants. You got to make him happy and, and make him come back and go all in. And even if he retires after this year, who cares? Because it still would have been worth it to try it because there's no point after this season. It's over for you forever. You're never. It's like, what are you even talking about, you babbling moron? You freaking babbling ape buffoon you stupid dork what does this he what does any of this mean you're never going to find another quarterback so should every team give up or is it just the packers that are incapable of finding quarterbacks should nobody draft quarterbacks because there's never going to be a rogers and, and 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 that's just how stupid all that other stuff is that doesn't even take into account the fact that rogers is not even playing at a super great level right now he's doing nothing spectacular Rodgers hasn't even had a good game since Dallas. And that was his basically his, his, one of his three games. It, it, Chicago, week two, he had an 83. Buffalo, week eight, he had an 89. And then week 10, he had an 84. He had two 70s uh, weeks uh, three and four there. Otherwise, 60, 60, 64, 66, 63, 65, 57, 62, 67. He has been the most average quarterback ever. The only reason he doesn't have a 60 overall grade is because he had three good games that's dragging his average up to a 77, which is still the worst game or season he's had since 2015, second worst of his entire career. So, yes, he's fine, but he is not a superstar that you just can't be without. Like, this, everything falls apart if it's not him. Mm, no. I, I haven't seen him do something remarkable that nobody else can do. And that includes, I mean, I'm, I'm even talking about guys like Justin Fields. That's the whole thing with Fields. Like, well, look at all the remarkable stuff he's doing. And then there's some mistakes mixed in. So it's, it's good and then it's bad. And it, I mean, the point is you look at the highlights and it's not the highlights. It's, it's just, it's what's the full body of work. And what is the best thing we've seen Rodgers do in the last four weeks? It's not better than some of the worst quarterbacks have been doing. Everybody at this point can throw across their body on the run. I mean, we've got backups coming in doing this stuff. I mean, look what Brock Purdy's doing. I just saw a replay of Brock Purdy breaking the pocket, escaping pressure, on the run, throwing an absolute dime. It was only about a 10-yard pass, but it could not have been thrown any more perfect right in stride. This is basic quarterback stuff. Everybody's doing this now. And you look at some of Rodgers' greatest highlights of all time. Has he done that once this year? Has he had one highlight this whole year where you're like, geez, that, he's still got it. He's still the... I don't think so. He's been adequate. He's Matt Stafford in L.A., He's Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. And if you look at, I mean, you can look at it and say, well, he's got like the same grade as Trevor Lawrence. Well, it's very different. Trevor Lawrence is a significantly better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers is right now. You know how I know? Do you know what Trevor Lawrence's grades have been since week nine? 87, 83, 80, 65, 92, 79.980, basically. He's at a 77 because he had a rough patch as, as in his you know second year, but it looks like something clicked around week nine. And he is the guy that everybody wanted him to be. He, over the last nine weeks, I'd be stunned if anybody's as good as Trevor Lawrence. Not all 77s are equal. But if you, again, just look at Rodgers' grades, that's, that's, that's about what we've seen all year. If, if you had to pick what, what kind of a game you think he's going to have, if you say 77, you're going to be wrong. That's just the average, which is inflated because of three games. 
If you say about 65, you're probably closer to being correct. That's what he's done all year. That's what he is. And I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm glad he's having a good time. He's having fun out there. Um, I do get annoyed, as you said, with him not taking accountability. I'm tired of him throwing little hissy fits constantly. It's just, it gets old. And the Lazard thing rubs me the wrong way because it's like, are we all supposed to just pretend that Lazard was in the wrong here? Well, Lazard and Roger said so. Okay, well, um, I understand what the route was, but I also understand that adjustments are to be made. And I've we've all seen 95 different times where Rodgers will throw it short into the open part of the field and the receiver will keep running. And Rodgers is furious. Why? Because, stupid, you were supposed to slow down there. Lazard didn't. This time he did. And he's, he's, again, the bad guy. So, I don't know. Again, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the season. I, I just, I don't want to hear about, you know, it's, it's Rodgers or bust. It's absolutely not. If you look from week nine, about halfway through the season, Rodgers is the 23rd ranked quarterback in the NFL. 23rd. So, Colin Coward, I don't want to freaking hear it. <laughs> Period. You know who's 22nd? Russell Wilson. You know who's 21st? Matt Ryan. Kenny Pickett is 19th. Mike White is 18th. Ryan Tannehill is 17th. Jimmy Garoppolo is 15th. Tom Brady is 13th. One spot behind Rodgers is Colt McCoy. I didn't even know the guy was playing. Colt McCoy, for crying out loud. Justin Fields is just a little bit behind him at 28th as a passer. Anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you guys for your calls. Please remember to call in 608 Have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.